0: Hi guys, how's it going? Uh, my name's Sam, uh, as you may know. Uh, I've started a podcast called Coastal Catch Ups. Uh, the idea behind it is for marine, uh, for me to speak to people involved in the marine environment, coastal environment, whether that's recreation, uh, engineering, uh, conservation, um, fishing, all the rest. So the idea is to get a big range of uh, information and opinions from people working in the space um, for no particular reason at all, I just uh, enjoy speaking to people and uh, I I work uh, as a marine scientist and I also enjoy being on the water so I thought I'd just merge the two. So um, this is the first episode, um, I'm speaking to a guy called Rory Martin, uh, he runs a company near here actually where I am now. Um, and it's an activity center, so he he specialises in doing outdoor classes like kayaking, paddle boarding, and um, right on the doorsteps so Strangford Lock here. So it was really good to catch up with him um, and what he's been up to, and get his uh, thoughts and opinions and some things. So hope you enjoy the podcast, and um, if you do like it, uh, let me know what you like. And um, if you think I've missed anything, uh, let me know what you think I've missed. And if you don't like it, uh, just keep your opinion to yourself. That's fine. Um, so yeah, thanks very much, and I hope you enjoy. Hello, Roy. How's it going? I'm well, thanks, Sam. Good to see it. Good. Uh, I know I'm stopping you. Uh, you have a guy coming at six o'clock tonight, um, so I'll not hold you up for too long. Um, just for the listeners, uh, like, what do you do day to day? What's your uh, business? So,
1: I own and operate Strangford Lock Activity Centre. I suppose it's a multi activity centre based on the shores of Strangford Lock. Um, So, an area of outstanding natural beauty, site of specific scientific interest, marine nature reserve, and now, as of what last month, a geopark as well. So, it's got all the environmental designations, all the wildlife, and all the beauty. So that's kind of our unique selling point, really. Um, we established the business in 2019, literally the week after COVID was announced, and the doors were closed for about um, two months. And uh, I began to wonder if I'd made the right decision. I had invested a lot of money in the business um, and gone through various different courses, like Go For it program and various other things. And I put all my life savings into it and then bang, the door's closed. And so I got a mortgage break and we scrimped and saved and uh, we're doing sort of online courses and stuff like that just to make ends meet. And then the doors opened and the demand was off the charts, busier than I have ever seen any time that I've been working in the industry and I suppose I've been working in the industry now for about 20 years. So, um, everything just spiraled paddleboarding took off kayaking took off and they were our two sort of core activities. And then, uh, the business grew and grew and we just added loads of other activities on. So canoeing and laser tag and archery and climbing wall. And uh, then efoiling, um, and boat tours were the sort of the latest two activities that we added on as well so um yeah it's been a busy couple of years and things are beginning to change in the industry and uh we're just trying to adapt to that okay what changes do you mean there sorry that's saying. so yeah we, we i suppose people couldn't travel and um, they couldn't go away they have been locked up for a couple of months um sort of continuously throughout those that two year period there were several closures and that just made people really hanker after the outdoors, really want to get out and they wanted to learn something, they wanted to do something new. They liked quirky experiences. And um as a result, yeah, it just it just meant that the demand really increased. So I I went from myself working on my own with a couple of people just helping me out to sort of 19 staff. Now, when I say 19 staff, they're all summer staff, um, you know, students, that sort of thing. So it wouldn't be full time staff. And that has changed. So that demand, I wouldn't say it's gone, but it's decreased. And people have tried paddle boarding now. They also are able to go on holidays, so people in Northern Ireland tend to like sunnier climes because they've, they've wintered here, so they want to make sure of the sunshine when uh, when their holidays come, and now we're sort of dealing more with groups, so we had a lot more school groups, we're getting a lot more corporate groups this year, and it's just changing our marketing and uh, adapting to the changing
0: demands in the, in the marketplace. Mm-hmm. I saw you had a group there, uh, I take it, it was like team building exercises. Uh, there was a big squad of them, like 30 people or something like that. I think it, uh, corporate companies are maybe looking, if they do get a group, it, it is focusing on team building and all that, um, mingling with maybe employees. Again, if you're working for a company and you're working from home, you might not actually not meet them that often. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah, we're finding that a lot, um, the, this change in workplace culture too with people working from home has meant that they they might not have met any of their colleagues, especially if they were recruited over COVID, they might not have seen or met any of their colleagues for a couple of years, because literally office places were closed. So whenever they came out of lockdown, then they were looking for new quirky experiences and new places to go new activities and just somewhere where they could have a bit of fun. So it was maybe not in-depth team building where they're looking an outcome, but just somewhere they can have a bit of fun um, and get a top quality experience and maybe have a barbecue near a pub <laughs> and, uh, and chill out with their workmates and actually meet them and find out who they are. So that side of things has risen as well, which is great to see. And um, I suppose nowadays, People are getting a wee bit tighter on the pocket. Um, there's not as much disposable income as there was coming out of uh, COVID, and um, people didn't have their furlough money to spend anymore. <laughs> so uh, either that, or they're back to work full time and haven't got the energy that they once had. So yeah, it's just a it's just a change. But then, um, as long as you adapt to the change early on, you should be able to
0: to ride out the storm if you like. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned about the activities you do uh, i noticed on your website you have a activity called paddle with purpose uh, can you explain that what that entails yeah
1: um so i've always had a bit of a passion for the environment um, i used to work in the aquarium in Portaferry ferry and and um, obviously from an outdoors background as well it's kind of your office place if you like so you begin to see the effects of marine pollution and um, of general littering of uh, you know just the problems that the environment faces and you just everybody does their small bit i suppose to to try and help out and um, and we were getting a lot of inquiries i suppose especially from american tourists and um, for you know like environmental type activities that they could do. So we were doing litter picks anyway um, on the shore, just around the bay. Uh, one, just to show people that we were, you know, environmentally aware, tidying up the place. And two, because we were bringing a lot more people into the area, we felt a bit of responsibility for it. Um, and we had to to show that we were doing something about it and uh, three just because of our, our passion for it that um, we wanted to try and tidy up the islands and it became a bit of a mission to to paddle out to the islands and collect marine litter that had washed up so a lot of the stuff that we're collecting are plastic bottles we got uh rope and uh, um, polypropylene rope that has come off marine buoys we get footballs any amount of crocs and um, the shoes, you know, and uh, <laughs> strike for lock to be fair isn't that bad. It's it's a pretty clean environment. I think there's a lot of people um look after it, but I would say to did we've probably lifted about thirty-five to forty tons of rubbish mm-hmm. in total off the islands over the four years that we've been running it. So that's quite a bit of marine pollution and um, one, one particular time we paddled out to Trasna Island, we find a massive trout fishing net that was gradually breaking down mm-hmm. um, and we lifted it and we brought it back and we, we took it away to the recycling center. But part of the issue with doing it was um, that because it had been so corroded by the sun over the years, um, it was breaking down as we were bringing it back and it made me question things, whether, you know, is some litter, is it best left where it is or you know, do you do everything that you can to break down? But I suppose there was a fair bit of it that went to the recycling center. Hopefully it gets repurposed for something. I would imagine it will probably end up in landfill because we haven't got the ability to, to deal with the litter that we have here, but that's another story. Um but yeah I digress, but I think um there's just so much that can be done and people want to see Strangford Lock looked after and maintained and that's why we set up the experience. Now um I suppose people ask me often but you're charging for this. Um you're charging people to go and pick litter and it's not really just that we're uh, giving people litter pickers and saying, right, that's a fiver, off you go. We give them a full tour of the islands. We give them an environmental education session on the ethics of lead no trace. Um, there's hot chocolate and s'mores, there's staffing, top of the range boats, equipment, and we give them all a historical um, guided tour. So it's, it, it really is a top level experience. And once people have done it, they understand why there's a charge to it. And we we discount it from our usual rate and, and it takes more time and more um, all the, the the recycling of the equipment, if you separate it and take it to the recycling center takes a fair bit of time as well. So that is all um, for us to do, you know, that's uh, not what you're paying for, mm-hmm. but that happens as well. So. We we try and justify it like that. Um, I suppose I'm conscious that uh, when you're asking people to collect litter, they we try and give them some sort of discount so that they feel that uh, we're we're not making money out of something <laughs> that that they're doing, if you like, you know. Um, but yeah, it's just a thought that crept into my mind. But yeah, we've had a lot of groups out doing it. We've had the Chartered Institute of Waste Management. We've had um, the Northern Ireland Environment Agency, we've had uh, Keep Northern Ireland Beautiful and various other organizations who are really behind it, you know, and have linked with us. Um, So it's become uh, quite a sort of key experience that we deliver and we became part of the uh, Arts and North Down Sustainable Giants, um, which is a, a collection of tourism businesses that promote sustainability, um, throughout the borough and, uh, yeah, we're, we're getting more ideas and working in partnership with other companies to plant trees and, um, do other sustainable tourism things throughout the area. And yeah, it's, it's kind of spiraled. It's a lot of people are, are developing programs in that area. So there's the Paddle and Pick and, um, you know, lots of other sub companies are doing similar programs. So hopefully it it continues on. And, um, the, you know, Strangford lock ends up
0: cleaner as, as a result, I feel like. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, and I suppose every person that come up, comes on that program or, uh, goes on a tour with you, it's creating awareness, uh, for if if they do get confident if they do go out in the water or maybe we we want to stick to walks and coast is c- creating that awareness and probably just a bit confidence that you know you see people walking down the coast and not many people lift litter uh and it's not saying that if you don't do it you're a bad person or anything but it's it's maybe just getting a bit of confidence and awareness of the issue and uh, people are people are willing to do their wee bit um, and it all helps Thank you.
1: yeah the the councils um have begun to introduce these sort of three minute beach clean type things where they they put litter pickers um on a a sort of unit at at a beach and there's you know recyclable bags and it just encourages people that when they go on their walks they can pick litter you know yeah Um, and i think it would be great to see them in various spots throughout the country you know and Uh, it just it's a mindset change and if if we can help towards that mindset
0: change then all the better for everyone yeah very good um I'm talking about people that go through your courses and stuff have you seen is there anyone that's kind of I think you did like a six-week course it was like maybe kayaking skills have you seen people develop from maybe being not so confident in the water to actually becoming competent and able to plan their own journeys, do their own way adventures? Have you seen any examples of that?
1: Yeah, so, like, we do a lot of um, paddleboarding and kayaking, and we we have basic skills courses, which brings them up to a certain level, and then we do coastal paddles, so we take them maybe from Analong to Ballyhorning, or uh, out to Barmouth, um, Mm -hmm. or uh, around the Copelands, or... uh, more recently, Port Muck and the Goblins, which is a stunning paddle as well, and um, and we do a bit of rock hopping, paddle into caves, and and um, explore the area, and then look at a bit more of chart work and managing uh, swells and that sort of thing. So, and um, once you get them to that level, they're happy to paddle generally in a small group, and we quite often see the same faces coming back to the area that we operate from, and um. Uh, Everybody remembers my name. It's quite hard for me to remember everybody else's <laughs> name, but uh, yeah, it's um, it's been great seeing the, the faces keep going, and then they become advocates for the business and and um, send other people our way. So you know, I think that's been a success to date that people have had such a good time, and um, that it it's helped um sort of roll out and and bring other people to the the business. You
0: know yeah um, and any like uh special moments special memories people have kind of highlighted in feedback or given you yeah um, when they're out in the water
1: there's been quite a few obviously we've got the dolphins in the lock at the minute and mm-hmm. people are absolutely loving that so um i'm sure you've seen some of the social media posts but there's uh two dolphins called squirrels and squashy um, did you name them really say again sir did you name them <laughs> actually somebody named them fish and chip which i thought was a
0: great
1: <laughs> but uh maybe not quite so environmentally yeah. <laughs> yeah um no they're they're great and they seem to love our boat so they keep following us and and jumping and putting on a bit of a display so people are, are loving that side of things i suppose aside from that um we've had a completely blind person and um, paddle boarding and she just came in glowing, absolutely bouncing because uh, she'd had such a good time, and was delighted with the staff and how um you know how facilitating they were. We've um we've worked with some quite troubled youth that have been through uh you know tricky times, I suppose, in the past, um and just seeing them develop and become they arrive quite closed and don't talk to you quite so much. And then by the end of it, you know, you're, you're one of their best mates and they're, they're chatting away to you. Like, uh, like you're their long lost brother. And, um, if you can have sort of breakthroughs like that, it it really makes a difference. Currently I have one person who's a, a member of staff. I'll not mention any names, but, um, struggled with her water confidence when she first came to us and she went, did a paddleboard session with me and then kept coming back and coming back and uh, is now a paddleboard instructor and um, is working towards her kayak instructor awards and various other qualifications as well and has really developed her water confidence. So just saying that on a one-to-one level um, and the development for her personally has been great. Uh,
0: why do you think uh, the water has that affecting people. So you're saying about like a closed personality. Um, and then when they go underwater, they completely change and open up. Why do you think that is? Um, I suppose that,
1: yeah, the natural environment, the, the salt water, the fresh air, the physical exercise, um, and the ability to focus on something that they're not used to, they're concentrating the whole time. But they begin to see progress throughout a session um, and they enjoy it. If, if they have fun, um, it really changes the mindset. Um, but I think more than anything, it's the physical exercise and the natural environment and that fresh air that they may be not getting that much of. Also, this the sea reflects the sun, as you know, and they get more vitamin D through that and um, plenty of people have uh, like sads or whatever it's called when they have a vitamin D deficiency throughout the winter um, and I, I think just getting out and about really helps with that seeing wildlife as well that sort of shock and awe of um, the seals when we paddle over to the islands or the bird life that just happens around you naturally we often see herons and cormorants and oyster catchers and um, you know, there's an abundance of wildlife there that um, it's only when you're paddling about that you begin to take it in and that creates conversation and, um, it, it, you know, it's just natural conversation and people love a challenge and they love games and when they're on the water, if you can break down those barriers just by simple challenges and tasks and having lots of fun then they begin to lose the guard almost and begin, they want to enjoy themselves. Everybody when they arrive wants to enjoy themselves. So we're kind of lucky in that sense, mm-hmm. but yeah, outdoor activities is definitely the way to to work with, especially troubled teenagers, because it's often, you know, something that's cut from a budget um, and the traditional ways of education are through the classroom and that doesn't suit everybody and I'm a testament to that. I wasn't the <laughs> the grade A student at, at school or college. Um but I I found my niche in the outdoors and um sort of really focused on it and, and loved it and developed and became really quite highly qualified in it. So um I was lucky enough to be able to find my niche but I think if you if you try enough things you'll find it eventually you know
0: yeah yeah very good i was gonna i was gonna say about the when when you're out in the water say you're if you go out for a paddleboard that's that's the only thing on my mind well one try not to fall into the water but like i wouldn't look at my phone the entire time just because i'm so immersed if i'm out with other people chat just chatting to them it, it's just a completely new environment and i think it's really good for people to get immersed in that and, and have an experience it and then um yeah and hopefully come back for more um at one last roy with i was thinking the, the, the dolphins sprung into my head there and it's obviously it is a big attraction do you think there's any risk if when because we had orcas in Strangford lock was it two years ago or one, last year um, we'll mm-hmm. have the dolphins now, big attractions, and um, obviously on social media. I think there's any risk of these sites being um, people people unintentionally visiting these sites to see these species, and then maybe having an impact on the species. Do you think that could happen? Uh, absolutely. Um, I
1: suppose, not just in, from the dolphins' perspective, but um, like COVID had this major effect on the natural environment. Uh, you probably saw on the media people parking over um, farmers' entrances. You know, parking in ditches, abandoning their cars. They might a letter left behind them, and all the homie pot sites being overrun. Um, parking being a major sort of issue for people, um, uh, and we we've, we've seen that. Um, we've probably in some shapes being. Uh, you know guilty of uh, over tourism in a in a small area but we try to manage it as best we can. I think with the likes of the dolphins in Strangford Lock, um, it could become quite like fungry and dingle where you know every shopfront has dolphin trinkets for sale and um, people tour from all over the country to go and see them. It's important in my mind that um then the public the general public use you know certified qualified responsible and responsible being the key there mm-hmm. uh, operators whenever they're they're going to see people we, we've had a lot of people contacting us going um how much is it for a boat tour we have a jet ski could we not just go, go and see them and you're like ooh <laughs> This is the effect that some of our social media posts are having. So, we're very cautious about sharing um, the environmental side of things as well. So, there's an organisation um, that manages the environmental messages for Strength or luck. Um and we we share a lot of their posts and what sort of things like the rule of thumb. You know, if you can if you can see the animal outside of your thumb, you're too close. Um, and we try and educate the public with these messages. I suppose it's a fine balance for us because if we don't share the images, people don't see how beautiful it is. They don't come out with us. And then the business struggles and we can't pass on that environmental message. Um, But then if we over promote it, you have people trying to paddle out the narrows for example on a paddle board just to see the dolphins and putting their lives in danger or you have um, jet skiers coming down and getting too close and the noise from the engine annoying them and that's that's no bad thing about sorry that's no uh, spurring on jet skiers I think they have their purpose and um, if they're used in the correct manner then they're fine Um, but yeah it's it's a fine balance. And I think if everybody gets that sort of environmental message and turns off their engine and just watches them quietly um, or the dolphins come to them uh, for a play, then that's fine. I suppose dolphins are more playful than many other marine species. So the likes of seals, um, there was a jet skier that came down to White Rock and was testing his jet ski and said he had to test it close to land. Um, but I had to go and sort of mention to him that maybe not testing it around, um, a designated sort of birthing area for seals was probably a good idea, you know, um, but it's, it's a tricky one too, because you can't approach the public and say to them, don't do this, don't do that. Because we, we're not place by any means and we don't want to be classed as that but if we can educate them in some form that um this is probably the best way to go and see them this is the best place to park for example and um, if you wouldn't mind lifting your letter when you're leaving that would be great and not blocking entrances to you know Braddock Reach or wherever it might be Um, then hopefully we can keep the local population on side, and they still are advocates for our business. And hopefully we can get the environmental message out
0: there. Yeah, very good. I know I think it's a constant struggle for making awareness of these issues. And then like you say, for likes of yourself, the local population keeping them on side, which I think you're doing, I think you're doing this brilliant job. Um, so Rory, well, I've completely forgot Zoom gives you a time limit. <coughs> if you need to get away for your next class um just to finish up uh just briefly do you have any um plans for um striker lock activity center in the near future and if someone's looking to find you uh where, where can they find you on social media yeah
1: i suppose um the the plans that we have for the business uh i've always got some madcap idea and uh the next one I'm working on is a glamp site, okay. so um, we have planning in for a glamp site at present um, and hopefully it's going to be an eco-glamp site so it will be completely off-grid uh, with re-bed water purification systems, solar panels um, and you know, all the, the pods and the stuff will be made out of canvas and wood and renewable materials is what I'm looking for (laughs) and uh, yeah we we're just trying to showcase best practice with everything we do and and that's what I'm trying to remain loyal to our environmental ethos and that's what I'm trying to do with the GLAMP site and and it's also to give us a bit of a um, captured market if you like so that if people are coming to stay somewhere then they've got the activities to do and hopefully it benefits the local economy as well. So the local bars and restaurants, the other tourism uh, venues like Castle SB or uh, Explore's Aquarium or Fodder, wherever it might be, uh, Finnebrook Wood. And so I think we all have our part to play and by making it sustainable, then we can create sustainable tourism. So that's the next plan I'm working on. And if anybody wants to come out with us, we. Be delighted to show them around Strangford Lock and point out the sort of history and heritage and the wildlife and that sort of thing. And you can do that by visiting our website, StrangfordLockActivityCentre.com, or or give us a call from the number on the website or drop us an email. And uh, we're we're open to anything. If you've got if you want to go for a three day paddle in Strangford Lock and camp out on. salt island in the boffy eh? or um if you want to paddle along the coastline or try something new and adventurous we'd we'd love to hear from you because we love
0: the adventure too <laughs> awesome rory listen thanks so much for your time uh it's been great hearing your insight from a guy being on the water most days so um yeah it's great and then uh exciting plans for the activity center so i'm looking forward to keeping tabs and seeing what happens. Um so yeah, there's your time down to less than a minute, Roy. Um Welcome. catch you soon. And uh listen, thanks again. And uh for anyone listening, thanks for listening. Hope you've enjoyed it. Thanks, um, thanks for having
1: us, Sam. It's been uh, it's been great to be a part of it. Yeah.